0: Good to see everybody here. Everybody have power at your house now? You're good? No, a couple heads still shaking. I'm so sorry. But we, we are thankful, though, that we do have some power going on here today. It was fun last weekend being in the uh, lobby, freezing cold. That was cool. But this is warm, and this is better. So glad that you're here. We, uh, I know for Tisa and I, we had an interesting encounter. Uh, We actually were invited over the first night that our power went out to our neighbor's house, who we haven't got to know very well. We had a great opportunity, sitting in the dark with a candle, to get to know them so much better. And uh, so good things sometimes come out of difficult circumstances. Well, we are talking uh, about things Jesus didn't say. And we're at the tail end of that series. We've been in that uh, for a while. Today, though, I want to talk about something Jesus did say, just to wrap this up. And uh, But it's easy, isn't it, to, to think Jesus said things he didn't say. We've covered a couple of those. One of the things that we tend to think is that we feel like we're a disappointment to God. And so we think that God is sitting there looking at us going, you're a disappointment to me. God never said that. Or we, we sometimes think that We're going through a hard circumstance in our life, and because we're struggling or suffering or something bad has happened to us, that we hear that voice that says, if you were a better Christian, you wouldn't be going through this. That didn't come from God. God didn't say that. Or or possibly we think, God never said that we have to love everyone, did he? God never, never let us off the hook like that. So what are some of the things that God did say? But it's easy to get it wrong, kind of like the neighbor that I read about in the newspaper that uh, was in Australia, Sydney, Australia, and they were living in an apartment complex. They heard late at night uh, this man yelling, saying, I'm going to kill you, and, and you're, you're going to die. And then this lady was screaming, and furniture was being thrown in the apartment, and they freaked out. They called the police. The police rushed over, knocked on this apartment door of this, of this person who apparently was trying to kill his wife. And he opens the door. It's this big, burly Australian guy. And, and, and he's sweating. He's out of breath. And the police say, where's your wife? And he says, I don't, I don't have a wife. Where's your girlfriend? Well, I don't have a girlfriend. He's like, come on, mate. Tell me what's going on. You were throwing furniture around. You said you were going to kill someone. There was a lady screaming. He's like, well, actually, it was just this big spider that I was after. (laughs) I hate spiders. The police say, yeah, but what about the lady? And he goes, it was me. I was screaming like a little girl. You ever scream like a little girl? Sometimes we think we know a circumstance. We think we hear something that we don't actually hear. Here's what Jesus did say, though. And we need this right now around the Christmas season, going into a busy season. It's found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. If you have a Bible, open it with me. We're going to look at this together. Let this passage wash over you because this is something Jesus did say. Come to me who were carrying burdens. There was the burden of keeping hundreds of man-made rules in order to apparently appease God. There was the burden of sin that had to build up over the year and be atoned for once a year, the guilt and the shame of it. There was the burden of the heavy toil going on in the days of Roman oppression. Of overtaxation, of trying to make enough money to take care of those that you love. Jesus understands our burdens. He was burdened. He was burdened with a cross that he would carry on your behalf. He was burdened with all of our sin put on his shoulders. He was mocked and scourged, and he died a gruesome death. Jesus understands pain and suffering. And so he gives us this promise in the midst of our stress and in the midst of our burdens. He says, this is what you need to hear. How do weary, stressed out people like you and me find rest for their souls? Well, Jesus said it in this verse. He said, come to me. That's where it starts, just coming to Christ He didn't say, come to church. He didn't say, come to Bible study. He didn't say, come to a special event. He said, come to me. Come to the person of Jesus Christ, God's one and only son. The message translation of this verse says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Many of the religious leaders of of the day in which Jesus said this, thought that they had to do something to keep God happy. And Jesus simply said, no, you need to come. Come to me. That's it. Come to me. And he'll give us rest. What kind of rest? Well, a rest for our soul, a rest for our spirit, a rest for our heart. And, And I don't know about you, but whenever I'm feeling burdened and stressed and overworked and all of that, I, I, I just dream about like Tahiti, I dream about like Hawaii, I dream about anywhere but here, just take me away, bring me somewhere different, and we have a tendency to self diagnose, don't we, I'm burned out, I'm stressed out, I'm, too many people want too many things for me, I need to go somewhere else, and then I would find rest. We all, in each, in our own way, look for rest, look to fulfill that kind of issue going on in our soul, the burden, the weight, the, the, the uh, stress that's there. Some people turn to TV. Just go home every day, watch several hours of TV, and just veg out, right? Because you don't have to think. Or maybe alcohol, gotta get home, gotta get that wine going, gotta get this going, gotta have that after dinner drink, whatever it is, you know, I, you know that's my answer. Or maybe it's harder core drugs. Or maybe it's porn or it's a sexual uh, escapade. Maybe, maybe for some people it's just working hard. Just work harder, man. Buckle down. Got to buckle down. Got to work harder. Make it happen. We all have our own ways of trying to deal with the stuff. And Jesus said, I see what you're going through. And I'll show you how to find rest. But you got to come to me. You got to come to me first and foremost. Isaiah chapter 40 says, God energizes those who get tired and gives fresh strength to dropouts. Those who wait upon the Lord get fresh strength. He says you get fresh strength. What does that mean? Well, it sounds good. What it means is that he gives us a strength we don't naturally possess. You See, all of us have limitations to our strength. You might be an incredible stud and have the ability to go, you know, to be able to endure hardship longer than anybody else. But you, you also have a limit. Every human being has a limit to their strength, to their ability to withstand burden, weariness, and stress. And, and God says, I have a power that isn't from this world. I have a power that's not human in origin. I have a strength and a power that I want to give to you by way of my Holy Spirit. Connect to me. Plug into me. Don't plug into other stuff. Plug into me. I think of that waiting on the Lord. And what comes to my mind is that those times when I'll get aside with God. You know what I'm talking about? When you get in that quiet place with God, maybe it's outside, maybe it's on your way to work in your truck. Possibly it's in a room in your house and you just get away and you open the Bible and you just spend time. People aren't hounding you. You're You're just there with God. You're praying. You're listening. And it's in that place that you feel God's rest and his peace come over you. I wish I was better at that because I know that when I do that, there's a rest that comes from that. But I'm just, I struggle. I struggle with hurry. Overcommitment. I struggle with this thing that I think of as hurry sickness. You know what I'm talking about? I'm that guy that, you know, in a grocery store, I look at all the lines. I measure them up. I count how many people are in each line. I count how many things are in their basket. I'm picking the best line. It's the most efficient way through. I look at the checker and I see if she's one of those, like, relational people. Those people annoy me. And then, and then I look at the guy. If he's got, like, You know, like a bandage on his arm from carpal tunnel or whatever. Not not doing his line, and I want (laughs) fast and efficient. I want to make it through. And then then I watch the guy that would have been me in the other line. You know, if I would have picked the other one, and if somehow we inch our way up to the front and he makes it through before me, I'm depressed the rest of the day (laughs) because he won, and because I'm sick. That's why curry sickness, just crowding too many things into a day, leaving no margin, arriving a little bit late for every meeting. Not good. We hate to wait, and yet it's through the waiting on God. It's the slowing down of our pace. It's that prioritizing of some time with God every day where we find new strength. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And the focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. See, when you're stressed out, when you're feeling those burdens just mounting on you, you need to come to Christ. I don't know why we don't. I think it's because we we feel like we've got to control things. And those who tend to want to control everything are the ones who tend to be the most stressed out, too, right? (laughs) Because things can't be controlled all the time. Matter of fact, I don't know if you believe this or not, but the universe will get by without you. If you were to let go of all the control that you try to exercise, trust me, people will be fine. I'm still learning what it means to trust God every day, what it means to wait on Him, what it means to just walk with Him and come to Him and and repent of my selfishness, of that, that thing within me that thinks that somehow I am God. I've got to repent from that, like, daily. Turn away from that daily and turn back to God and just say, God, I need your help. You hate to ask for help. Are you one of those people you hate to ask for help? We've got to learn how to just ask for help. Even in the simple things. You know, like when you lose your keys, when you're trying to find a parking spot during the busy Christmas season, when you're catching a bus, when you're figuring out a problem, taking a test, resolving a conflict, whatever it is, we go to God. We come to him. We turn over the controls and we say, God, I need to learn how to wait on you. The second thing he says in this particular passage in, in uh, Matthew 11:29 29, is he says, take my yoke upon you and you'll find rest for your souls. Take my yoke. A yoke in the Bible is not that yellow section of the egg that has all the <laughs> cholesterol in it. That's not a yoke in the Bible. A yoke that Jesus is talking about went on a farm animal. And it was a wooden collar stretched between two animals, like two cows or two oxen. And it was a wooden frame. And it would, they would pull their load together. They would plow a field together. Jesus is inviting you and me to walk with him and to share the load. He wants to share your load. To take his yoke upon you means to enter into a partnership, to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, wait a minute, that does not sound good to me. You know, a yoke, God's yoke on me, no thanks. The purpose of a yoke, though, is actually to make the load lighter. You see, a harness was used on one individual animal, and that animal would then be responsible to pull that load behind them. But a yoke was to make it easier. A yoke was put between two animals, so they would pull it together, and they could pull more with less effort. And actually, what Jesus is saying is is that I'm going to pull the majority of the load. Let my yoke be put on you. That's why Jesus said in Matthew eleven thirty, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When he says that his yoke is easy, he didn't say life is easy. He didn't say that you'll never encounter stress. You'll never have to go through problems. No, he didn't say that. He just said that his yoke was easy. See, a, a yoke is a symbol of a partnership. and You weren't made to carry the load alone in life. Jesus says, I'll take part of it. And he doesn't add to your load. He shares the weight of your load. And remember, he's God. He can handle it. He doesn't bring any extra weight to the occasion. He doesn't have any problems in the universe, except maybe you. (laughs) God is, to him, it's not like a big deal. It's no burden to him. And so he says, come and share my yoke. Let me put that on you, because it's easy. It's easier than what you're doing. It's easier than what you're doing. How's it working? It's easier than what you're doing. Psalm 55, verse 22 says, pile your troubles on God's shoulders and he'll carry your load and help you out. I'm thankful that we serve a God, the God of the universe that invites us into a personal relationship with Christ. He says, I'll I'll carry your load with you. Get yourself with me. It will lighten your stress. A yoke is easy. You know that word easy in the original Greek language that the scripture was written in in the New Testament is the word krestos, and it means well-fitted, manageable, sustainable. It won't chafe you. That's what the word easy means. It's rightly fitted. It's customized to you. I remember when I got my first backpack as a kid. It was a Camp Trails, kind of a low-end brand, and uh, it it was a cool forest green, and it was an external frame. It had a weight belt that went around your waist to help You know, uh, the weight would rest on your, on your hips. But it had no padding on the waist. And it was a kid's backpack. And so as I grew as a teenager and into my 20s, I still had this backpack. I was putting hundreds of miles on this pack. And it just was chafing me. And I hated it. I was too cheap to go buy a new one. Finally, I would go to REI, buy this new internal frame backpack. It has a a fitting guide on the back of it that you can fit it just to your body frame. It had this waist belt with this like mongo, thick, padded waist strap around it. I remember loading that thing up for the first time, cinching up all the thing, and it just was amazing. It was custom fit. Felt like I could hike for miles and miles with this thing on. You see, there's something about an easy yoke It's custom fitted. It's something that God knows you're able to carry with his help. And it's not you shouldering all of it yourself. Let's be honest. Most of us feel like we're carrying a heavy load uphill alone. It's not manageable. It's not sustainable. And yet, today is a day to exchange that heavy, ill-fitting yoke with God's custom-fitting easy yoke just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that we don't get out of that harness with Christ. Sometimes we end up taking things back on ourselves and thinking that it's, if it's to be, it's up to me. We unhook from the yoke that Jesus wants us to be in. See, a yoke is also a symbol of submission. That when we're in that yoke together, it means that I'm not doing life on my own, my way. I'm yoked to Christ. I'm going to do it Christ's way. I'm going to do it the way of Jesus. I'm going to walk in his steps. I'm going to walk with him. Are you detached and disconnected from God? Well, he wants you to get back into that yoke with him. A yoke is a good thing. It actually lightens the load. In Romans chapter 3, verse 28 Scripture says, we finally figured it out. Our lives get in step with God and all others by letting him set the pace. When you're in a yoke with Christ and you're walking with Jesus, he sets the pace. You don't get ahead of God. You don't lag behind. He just sets the pace and you stay in step with the spirit of God. And it brings rest to your soul. All right, the last thing Jesus said is this. Found in uh, verse 29, same passage, Matthew 11. He said, learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He said, come to me. And then he said, walk with me. And now he's saying, learn from me. Jesus modeled what it was like to walk as a human being, as a man, with stress, with burden, with problems, with people demanding things from him, people wanting to trap him. I mean, he went through it. and Yet he went through it with a rest that he wants us to find that same kind of rest. The word learn is the word disciple. See, that's what a disciple is. A disciple is a learner. We learn the ways of Jesus, and we do the works of Jesus. That's what a disciple is. Follow Jesus' model. Watch how he lived, and then do it that way. Do what he did. Do the same thing. And it'll help bring sanity and rest into your life. What do we learn from Jesus? Well, he said, learn this. I'm gentle and humble. Gentle and humble in heart. And I think, great. Jesus, why didn't you tell us about how to manage our time better? Why didn't you tell us about how to be uh, more courageous or more enduring? or more Humble and gentle. Really? That's going to reduce my stress load? When I think of it, and I kind of step back and think about it, what I think is that The two biggest, the two greatest stress uh, stressors in our life, that they come from arrogance, and they come from aggression. That sense of aggression and arrogance bring burden and stress. Jesus said, "I'm not arrogant, and I and I'm not aggressive." It doesn't mean that you're a wimp. It doesn't mean that you have no drive. It doesn't mean you don't have a will. It doesn't mean that you don't care. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that there's a difference between someone always trying to posture, someone always feeling they have to be a step ahead of everybody, someone who always feels like they have to be heard, someone who always feels like they have to be in control, and Jesus. He said, I'm humble and gentle in heart. Learn that. Learn that. We're heading into a busy Christmas season, and Jesus says this to us. He says, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary, stressed out, and overloaded, carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus is in the business of lifting burdens off of people. He wants to lift a burden off of each one of us today. It doesn't matter how long you've been carrying that burden. It doesn't matter what the source of that burden is from. Even if it's from sin, if it's from poor choices you've made. doesn't matter what it's from or just false ideologies that you have about God that you think you don't measure up or he's disappointed in you or that he's really hard to please, you got to keep all these rules to keep God happy. Whatever burden it is that you've been carrying, God wants to lift that. Maybe you were abused as a child and you've had trouble trusting others and forgiving. Jesus wants your burden. Maybe you recently had an affair and you've wounded people around you. Jesus wants that burden. Or you've had a massive financial failure and experience bankruptcy, Jesus wants that burden. Or you struggle with contentment, you feel like you're never in the right place at the right time, Jesus wants your burden. Or you struggle with your weight and feel like you're just not attractive to other people, and Jesus wants that burden. Or you hate your life and you just wish you could start over, Jesus wants that burden. Or you battle depression. Jesus wants that burden. Or you're a recovering drug addict or an alcoholic, and Jesus wants that burden. You see, it doesn't matter what burden we have or what we're carrying or how long we've carried it for. Jesus wants to lift that burden. He wants to give you a yoke that's easy, custom-fitted. And he wants us to be in partnership with him, and he wants to lead the way because he's God. Will you allow him to lift those burdens? and to teach you how to rest, a rest that we can't just self-diagnose and fix on our own, a rest that has to come from him, and it gets into the area of your soul that affects your mind and emotions and not just give temporary rest to your body. Come to Christ. Walk with Christ. Learn from Christ. That means giving up control. It means trusting. Let's do that right now. Would you bow your head with me as we pray? God, we just want to bring you right now our burdens. That when you spoke that at that time and place, it was so unexpected that God would care about me, that God would care about the burden and the weariness and the stress that I've been under. And Lord, we just thank you that you do care and that you want to be that great burden bearer in our life. And Today, friend, if that's you, and you've never accepted Christ into your heart, into your life, you don't know what it's like to walk in a yoke with him that's custom fitted. You don't know what it's like to serve a God who loves you, cares for you and wants to bear those burdens, I invite you to turn your life over to Him today. Step across that line of faith. Put your trust in Him. And if that's you, I want to pray this for you and pray it with you and ask that you pray it along with me right where you're at. Jesus, I'm opening my heart to you right now. I'm asking that you forgive me, God, for my sin, for the mistakes I've made, the poor choices that I've made, the the selfishness of my life, and I'm asking right now, Lord, forgive me. I'm placing my trust in you, Jesus. You are the Son of God. You came, you died, you rose again for me. And I want to walk with you now. I want to know what it's like to be filled with your Holy Spirit. And walk in step with you. I'm inviting that. I'm asking for that right now, Jesus. Transform me and make my life new and different. Friend, if that's you, God is at work in you. He is changing you, even in this moment, transforming you. God, we pray as well for those of us who just have this hurry sickness, this tendency to overschedule, this tendency, God, to just have no margin in our lives. And then we wonder where the rest is. God, would you forgive us and help us, God, turn to you and help us learn how to rest? how to spend time with you, how to receive from you. God, I need that. We need that. Lord, would you help us to do that? And Those of us, God, who are constantly needing to be in control, would you help us, God, with that, to relinquish that control and that thought that I have to to be in charge, I I have to manage everything and everybody, Lord. We just repent of that and turn away from that. We're asking, God, that you just fill us as a people with rest, that we learn from you, and that we walk different in this world that's hectic and overloaded with stress. Help us model something different. We pray in Jesus' name.